Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be discussing an article that Dr. Carla Wilkie and Dr. Howden Clark wrote for the May issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, Will Feeding Silage to Lactating Cows Give My Calves Scours? Dr. Wilkie, Dr. Clark, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Well, as we look at current conditions across the state and specifically thinking about where we're at with the ethanol industry, there's been a number of ethanol plants that have shut down. And this has resulted in many producers who've been depending on ethanol co-products as a part of their ration, now having to find some alternatives in terms of feed resources. One of the alternatives that frequently comes up as an option is corn silage. And there's been some questions come from producers in terms of could feeding high levels of corn silage impact my calf health, specifically thinking about could it result in calves getting scours. Give some perspective on why producers might ask this question and what are some things we can think about from a management perspective to reduce the risk of scours, specifically in cows that are on high quality diets. Well, I think that as I have been helping producers adjust these rations to not having distillers, and that question has come up, it's because when we feed highly digestible fermented feeds like corn silage, then it has a tendency to move through the digestive tract very quickly, has a high rate of passage, has high digestibility. That tends to result in a looser stool for um, the cow, for sure. It has been shown when you give a lactating dairy cow a high energy diet early in lactation, Research has actually shown that that increases milk production even quicker. And I'm sure that that same impact can happen to beef cows. And we know when we have a beef cow that has quite a bit of milk and she has a very small baby getting a lot of milk, that baby calf usually has a a little looser stool. So those are things that happen to the cow. The baby calf will begin to eat feed. Um, very quickly, actually the first week, nibble at it. But by the time he's a month old, he's eating half of his dry matter intake from um, the feed. And so if he's also consuming that highly digestible kind of fermented feed in there too, it's going to result in a looser stool than what producers might normally see in the calf. But that is a, a dietary effect and it isn't really causing that calf to be sick. Dr. Clark, give some perspective on what we should think about in terms of understanding the difference in a loose stool and a calf from a dietary perspective versus an infectious disease perspective. Yeah, so it can be difficult in the early stages to know which is which. And so the main thing that I can say to help producers decide whether this calf needs treatment or whether this is something that I can keep an eye on, but maybe allow to go just a little longer before deciding is going to be the attitude and appetite of that calf. If you see a calf that is absolutely bright and alert, uh, he's interested in his environment, he's especially playful, those are signs that the calf feels pretty good. And that's going to be a calf that I think most producers, as they look at, are going to think they feel good about how that calf is doing. They're not going to have that pit in their stomach of what's going on with this one. If you see a calf, on the other hand, that is not very interested in nursing, not very interested in investigating a little bit of feed that it finds on the ground, not interacting with the other animals, not playful, 
looks like it does not have much energy, especially if its ears start to droop or its head starts to be carried in kind of a lower position. And in this case, a producer may get that pit in their stomach, like, oh, this calf doesn't feel good. That's something to listen to. And those are all signs that this calf does feel sick. And that's a calf that needs to be evaluated and, and very possibly treated. So let's always think about attitude and appetite as the main things in deciding whether a calf with a loose stool needs treatment or can be observed and allowed to be maintained in the environment it's already in, basically left with the herd and observed. Dr. Clark, let's talk a little more about the treatment situation. What are some things we should consider with treatment? And then also after that, let's move on to talking about what are some things we can do from a prevention standpoint to try to get ourselves in a position where we don't need to be treating calves because they're healthy, vibrant, and uh, just in a good state to not be dealing with these kind of pathogens. Yeah. So as far as treatment, if you do have a calf whose attitude and appetite are off and he's sick, then uh, talking with your veterinarian and getting a plan for treatment is really important. So the cornerstone of treatment for a scouring calf is going to be fluid replacement. And that often takes the form of tubing a calf with electrolytes and replacing fluids. And that it can be quite labor intensive to get as many doses of electrolytes into a sick calf as it's going to need. It might be several times a day per calf getting bottles of electrolyte tubed into him. And so I just want to prepare producers for that kind of a conversation with their vets. This is often something that's not solved by a single injection of an antimicrobial. An antimicrobial may be warranted in many of these cases, and that's certainly part of the conversation with your vet is when and how to use an antibiotic and which one is going to fit in your situation. But it's important to know that fluid replacement is the cornerstone of treatment. Any calf that can't stand or even can stand but is not moving around its pen normally, that's an emergency situation is probably going to be in need of intravenous fluid therapy from your veterinarian to get that calf through. And it's, it's going to take a lot of fluids to get that calf back to where it needs to be as far as fluid balance. So that's probably about the best I can explain as far as treatment for the time being. As far as prevention goes, the main things we like to talk about are pathogen amplification. So the, the normal situation in a, a diarrhea outbreak that's dangerous, health and life-threatening to calves, is as older calves pick up pathogens that are in uh, the environment they're born into, they amplify those pathogens. And the first few that get it may not get very sick, but they're going to they're gonna shed huge amounts of viral, protozoal, bacterial organisms into their environment, mostly in feces. And those are picked up by the next younger set of calves, and they amplify them again. And so by the time the later born calves are born into that environment, it can sometimes be quite contaminated and they can get sick and they can they can really struggle. So breaking that chain of viral amplification means separating groups of calves that are born in one to two week periods of time and letting the newest calves be born into clean environments. That's the, that's the core idea behind Sandhills calving. And we, there are a lot of extension materials that mention Sandhills calving, and so producers can find those on the website if they'd like to explore that idea more. But breaking that chain of viral amplification uh, as well as getting calves a clean, dry place to lay down, whether it's a 
across the corner of a pen. There's some, you know, bales of corn stover or straw spread in the corners. And the, there's a hot wire fence raised to a level where the calves can easily go in and out, but the cows are fenced out. Uh, as long as it's clean and dry, that can be a great place for a calf to rest up and recover, especially if there's a storm that's coming or high wind blowing where the calf would have a wet hair coat. Those are times when a calf can really get stressed and really become a lot more susceptible to the pathogens that it encounters in its normal environment. In a situation where there's a scours problem starting to occur, I think that things like reducing stocking density, breaking that chain of viral amplification, and uh, getting calves a clean environment where they can get out of the mud, uh, get out of the wind, and lay in a clean, dry place. Those are going to be some pretty strong therapies in preventing and even in uh, situations where there's already a few calves with scours and reducing the uh, severity of the scours break in the herd. They're going to pack a lot of punch. And treatment uh, with fluids and uh, antibiotics are, can certainly be very important as well, but prevention is usually stronger than treatment. So we want to focus our efforts there. I think those things would do much more to treat a scours outbreak than uh, ration changes, such as, you know, if you had silage included and felt that, that was causing some of the problem, I think these things would do far more than pulling the silage out of the ration. Dr. Wilkie, Dr. Clark, anything else you'd like to highlight on this topic as we point towards wrapping this up? You know, we had talked a little bit before we were recording about um, seeing a little blood in the stool at a calf, and sometimes that calf, you'll notice that he's not looking lethargic yet, and that is something to consult your vet with, I think. Dr. Clark would agree, get some treatment for that. The silage did not cause blood in the stool. So that's a pathogen that needs to be taken care of right away. But I think a lot of what we wanted to reiterate with this was that the, the diet does not necessarily cause, uh, it may cause a looser stool. It's not causing an infectious disease. And so rather than changing your diet is changing your management practices if that's becoming an issue. Yeah, thanks, Carla. That's a great point with bloody scours. Often what you see when calves have bloody stools is kind of a black upside down windshield wiper pattern of blood on their back end where, they're, where a little bit of blood is passed in the stool and then their tail whips back and forth and it spreads the blood out in that upside down windshield wiper pattern across their back end. If you see that on multiple calves, that's a pathogen that's going through, and that's, uh, that's a group of calves that need to be evaluated by a veterinarian and, and quite possibly started on treatment. Well, Dr. Wilkie, Dr. Clark, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Well, for more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website. Again, the title of the article is Will Feeding Silage to Lactating Cows Give My Calves Scours?